Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. What makes the world or the people in the world unstable, unpredictable? Bible says in James chapter 1, we'll start in verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Man, this is just one of those nights I could just stop and camp on everything. I mean, it's just all just jumping. You know, I'm talking about the scripture just alive tonight. Notice that. He says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives. God will give you the wisdom or whatever it is you ask of him. We have a real God that we worship. You know, sometimes you got to just pinch yourself. You know, because you can get into like a religious rut and just really, yeah, we pray and things, but... You got to just stop sometimes and go, you know, he really hears me and he gives me what I ask him for. If I ask him for wisdom, he gives it. Faith knows that. Faith knows that. Now, just being religious will cause you to ask for things without really expecting to get it. A lot of times people will just ask for things or pray to God to make themselves feel better. You know, I go to church and I pray and and I do these things because it makes me feel better, you know? It just kind of calms me down. And people fail to see the reality that there is someone actually on the other side of their prayer ready to give them, ready to act, ready to move on their behalf. Ask of God who gives liberally, freely, generously, abundantly. That's how he is. He's not a stingy God. He wants to give it freely to you. He wants to give abundantly to you. Without reproach. In other words, without fault finding. He's not sitting there going, I can't give that to you. You know, you have faults in your life. No, that's, that's not how God is. He says he gives it liberally without finding fault, without reproach. And it is given. But, verse 6, let him ask in faith. That's what we were just talking about. That's the faith. Knowing that he hears you and believing that he gives it to you. So that you can receive it from him. See, that's asking in faith. Not just religiously. Too much religious praying going on in the world. And it gets nowhere. And then it gives real faith, real faith prayers a bad name. Because nothing happens. But real faith prayers cause things to happen. Amen. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Don't doubt God. Don't doubt his generosity. Don't doubt his willingness to give and bless you and help you. Don't doubt him. Ever. Ever. Don't get so focused on yourself and all your faults that you doubt him. Don't doubt him. Ask in faith without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. He's just pushed and shoved all over the place. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Now, a lot of people miss it when they read that verse. <clears throat> when most folks read that, they think, well, now God's not going to give it to me if I don't get into faith. That's not what it said. No, God, God gives. God gives liberally. God gives without fault finding, which means he's not looking going, oh, you don't have faith, I'm not giving it to you. That would be fault finding. No, it doesn't say God won't give it. It says, let not... Let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. Anything. He's not going to be able to receive from God. See, he's just praying religious prayers. 
He's just praying into the air. He's not really praying, believing that God is hearing him, God gives to him, and that he is able to receive as he's asking. He doesn't believe that. So that's why he doesn't receive anything. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's not God holding anything back. See, it's on our end. All we've got to do is fix our perspective. Get over into faith. Get out of religious praying. Get over into a place where I know God hears me. And that's why a lot of times it's good to praise him and magnify him before asking things of him. Because as you're praising him and lifting him up, he's becoming more and more real to you. So let him become more and more real to you that, wow, he's here and he's listening and really get tuned into God and then ask knowing that he's here, he hears you and he gives to you and then know that you receive it from him. But if you're not in faith, he says that that man, that person that doubts is a double, verse 8, is a double-minded man, unstable In all his ways. Notice that. He's unstable. And honestly, I believe that is the root of all instability in this world. The world is an unstable place. Why? Because there's so many doubters. There's so many unbelievers. There's so many people that are not believing. They're not in faith concerning God. Now... If you go over to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, Hebrews 11, it talks about faith, and it says this in verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, if you look up that word substance in the original language here, it means A firm foundation. A firm foundation. It could also mean courage and confidence. A firm foundation. See, faith is to be the foundation for everything that we do in life. We're to build our lives on faith. Where does faith come from? Faith comes from. From hearing the word of God, according to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So when we hear from God, now we have something to believe and get in faith about. And thus stand upon like a foundation to build our life on. Now the Bible says in Psalm 82, verse 4. Deliver the poor and needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. So, all the foundations. In other words, anything you build your life on other than the word of God is unstable. All of the foundations are unstable. But for those that are building their life, think about this now. Most of the world is living in this place of instability, right? Most of the world is living in this place being tossed to and fro getting pushed around by the circumstances of life. A lot of people are getting pushed around by their own thoughts and feelings. And of course, the entity, the spirit that's behind all that is the devil and demons, evil spirits. They're the ones working to push people around and force people to do things, put pressure on people, but you and I, are building our life on the word of God. And while all the foundations of the earth are cracking and falling apart, we're standing here unmoved, unshaken. Praise God. Totally stable, confident, full of courage. We could be as bold as lions because the foundation we're standing on is a sure foundation. It's a sure foundation. It's a, it's a foundation on God, on his word, on Jesus Christ. 
Jesus is the rock that we're building our lives upon. And one day Jesus came to his disciples and he asked them. He said to them, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Verse 14, he said, so they said, some say. Now Jesus asked them a question. He said, who do men say the Son of Man is? In other words, who do they say that I am? He's asking his disciples. And so they're like, well, some say John the Baptist. Remember, John the Baptist had been executed by King Herod. And so they're saying, well, you know, this is John the Baptist, obviously raised from the dead. You know, it's basically, people can really get stories going. No, I'm telling you, it's John the Baptist. He's back. Some say John the Baptist. Some, Elijah. This is Elijah. This is Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So you got all this hearsay, you know, all this different opinions. I mean, all these opinions blowing around out there concerning who Jesus is. Who is he? Who is he? But Jesus said to them, who do you say that I am? See, Jesus isn't taking anything for granted. Just because he's been hanging out with these guys, right? He's been with these guys now for so long. Sometimes we just take for granted that people know who we are. People know what we're all about. People know the reason why we're here. You know, sometimes you got to ask people, why do you go to church? Huh? Yeah, why do you go to church? Well, I don't know. I'm supposed to. You know, sometimes folks don't have a really great idea. Uh, you know, a very good uh, idea about why they do a lot of the things that they do. You know, there's a lot of people doing a lot of things just because that's the direction the wind's blowing. A lot of people are just getting pushed around and doing things. Because this is the way everybody, well, everybody's going this way. Well, why are you voting that way? Well, because because the polls tell me most people are going that way. And you know how most people are always right. So I'm going to get in the flow. See, folks just get pushed around. They get moved around. A lot of folks don't even know half of why they do what they do. Think about that. People just get into ruts. People are just building their life on the waves of the sea. And they're getting pushed all over the place. Bobbing up and down on the sea of life. So sad. We're not to live that way. We need to examine ourselves in the light of God's word. And if we'll do, Jesus will ask us questions like this. He will ask, just like he asked his disciples, he'll ask you things. So he said to them, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter, verse 16, answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. In other words, other human beings haven't revealed this to you. Jesus himself did not say this to his disciples. He never said, I'm the Christ, the son of the living God. So when Peter said correctly, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus knew he heard from God. He got a revelation. Well, how did the revelation come? By Jesus asking him that question, thus causing Peter to question. Yeah, why? Who is he? Who do I say? How do I answer this? How do I answer this? How do I answer this? And then he saw it. See, a lot of times we don't see things because we're not looking. We're not looking. We're not asking the right questions. But he saw it. And the Spirit of God spoke it to his heart. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, this isn't just another man's opinion. This isn't just what you think about it. This isn't what you came up with. You heard from God. Well, what comes when we hear from God? Faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. Faith comes. Verse, 19, verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell shall not prevail 
against it. This is the rock. What's the rock? That Jesus is the Christ. But not only that, the word, the revelation that Peter got. That's what we build our life on. It's the word, it's revelation of the word of God. And of course, Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God, he is the word made flesh. So it's building your life on Jesus Christ or the word of God. This is the rock that we build our life on. And he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. It will not prevail against the church. Now, this is Jesus talking. I just tend to believe what Jesus says. He said, the gates of hell are not going to prevail. They're not going to prevail in your life. They're not going to prevail in our life. They're not going to prevail against us. If we're on the rock, if we're in faith, if we're building our life on the word of God, we are going to be stable. And no matter what kind of storm the devil might bring, and he might huff and he might puff, but I'm telling you right now, he ain't going to be able to blow your house down. He is not going to be able to blow the church down. He's not going to be able to prosper in the weapons that he's formed against us. Come on, somebody. They will not prosper. Weapons will be formed. Winds will blow. There'll be a whole lot of huffing and puffing going on. But they will not prevail against your life. Regardless of how it looks. It might look like it's only getting worse. But what did Jesus say? It might look like the wicked are prevailing. Those that are, those that are doing wicked things against us. They're, they're prospering. They're prevailing. I got a scripture for you. Psalm 37. And in verse 6. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light. And your justice as the noonday. Now remember, the earth is in darkness. We were just looking at Psalm 82, where it says they walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. There's a lot of spiritual darkness or spiritual ignorance and deception in this world. But the Lord's going to bring forth your righteousness as the light. And how people know, when the lights turn on, it pierces through the darkness. The darkness can't stand against it. Darkness cannot oppress light. Can't do it. Can't do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light. That's good news. Are you righteous? Are you living for righteousness? Yeah, the Bible says those who are in Christ Jesus, they are the righteousness of God. They are the righteousness of God. Why don't you just declare that right now, if, if that's true about you. If you're in Christ Jesus, just say this, I'm the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's your righteousness. It's the righteousness of God. That's perfect righteousness. That's your righteousness. It's the righteousness of God. It's coming forth. It's coming forth. In the midst of the dark. doesn't matter how dark it is. But the light's coming forth. Your righteousness is coming forth. It's breaking forth. The darkness can't hide you. The darkness can't oppress you. It can't hold you down. Your justice as the noonday. But then he says this, verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret. Don't worry about it. Because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger. And forsake wrath. Do not fret. Again, anger and wrath and kicking things and getting all upset is fretting. No, I'm just mad at them. No, you're fretting. You're in fear. You're worried. That's what it is. You got to judge it for what it is. Otherwise, you just keep doing it thinking that, you know, well, they're making me mad. They're making me upset. No, no, no. You're fretting. You're fearing. What are you afraid of? I'm afraid they're going to ruin my life. Oh. So they're the foundation you're building your life on. So that's what you're trusting in. 
That's what you're looking to for success, happiness, and peace. Now, you see, when we're building our life on the foundation of God's word, we're not moved. We're not unstable. We're not having outbursts of wrath and then outbursts of joy, you know, and like in the same hour. You know, people get real passionate one way and then passionate the other. I hate you. I hate you. I love you. I love you. I hate you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it could fly either direction. You know, it's just like that time I was on the airplane. I was on an airplane ride, and uh, uh, there was a lady sitting next to me, and, and they handed out those little earphone things to be able to plug in and, and watch a movie. Well, I wasn't interested. I had my Bible. So they were watching a movie, and, 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 you know, it got real quiet on the plane as everybody's watching the movie. Next thing you know, I hear right next to me. <laughs> so I, I look over there, and she's losing it. She's just losing it. I look around. There's people doing, people in their seats just, you know, hanging on. Grown men just hanging on. I mean, I look up on the screen. It's John Travolta. I was like, what is he doing to these people? It wasn't night fever. It wasn't that. But anyway, it was a very emotional moment. You know, I guess John died or something. I don't know what happened in the movie. Well, just a little while later, you know, I got back in the Bible. So I hear, ha, 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 the plane breaks out loud. Look at that. She's just hysterical. She's just excited. I thought, wow, what a ride. What a ride, you know. I'm sitting here in the plane. Everything's just going like this, you know. But for everybody else in the plane, it's all, hi, ooh, you know. It's, it's It's a roller coaster, man. Thank God we're not going to live a roller coaster life. We're not going to be pushed around by our emotions and our feelings and about what's going on around us. We're going to be stable in how many of our ways? Oh, oh, isn't that good? In all our ways, in every area of life, in everything that we do in life, we are stable. We're, like Jesus, the same. Yesterday, today, forever, steady, not up and down, not all over the place. Stable, stable. So he says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings about wicked schemes, cease from anger, forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. You only cause him more problems. You only cause you more problems. Ever notice that? If you have an outburst of wrath, that it only causes more problems. Now you hurt your wrist because you hit the wall so hard. You know what I'm saying? Now you have a wrist problem. You know, you, before you just had a something else problem. But now you have. No, no, no. He said, God's going to bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. It'll all come to pass. It'll all come to pass. Everything that God promised. If you're believing him, if you're standing on his word, it's going to come to pass. But he's letting you know that sometimes some things take time. It takes time. Especially when you're working with an unstable world and Jesus is working to pull things together for us. And he's got to work through unstable human beings to try to get to you what you are believing him for. He's going to get it to you. But... Sometimes he's got to work through some, some things. So we just need to rest and be patient and enjoy the ride. Isn't that good? We could just enjoy the ride. We don't have to be frustrated. We don't have to be uptight. We know how this thing's going to end. It's going to end good. Why? Because we're in faith. Whatever you're in faith about, it's going to end good. That's good news. I said, whatever you're in faith about, it's going to end good. That's why over in Psalm 37, verse 37, it says, Mark the blameless man. Put a mark on him. Not the mark of the beast. You know, the Bible talks about the mark of the beast. How you get, you you know, there'll be a day. They'll put a mark on your hand or on your forehead. And it'll be the mark of the beast, 666. And you know, we're getting closer to that all the time. Just the other day, I went and had... Had to get my temperature taken. I was going into a building, and they said, we have to take your temperature. I said, okay. So she pointed a gun at me. I put my hands up, and she pointed it right at my forehead. And she pulled this button right at my forehead. 
And three numbers came up on it. 97.7. She said, oh, it's 97.7. I said, oh, praise God. I'm so glad it's not 66.6. Imagine that, you know? Did you imagine that? If you had, also, she did this, she go, oh, you know? We probably need to get one of those, you know, because the Antichrist is coming. Even now, there are many Antichrists in the world. And so we can get one of those little things and put it on people's forehead, and we can find out who has the 6.6 temperature. (laughs) Amen, but we're getting closer. Who would have thought? You pointed someone's forehead to get their temperature? Never heard of such a thing. Never heard of such a thing. Well, it's a new thing. Praise God forever. Who knows? Who knows? Life going on in the forehead. They're figuring all these things out. It's technology. It's amazing. So it says, mark the, put a mark on the blameless man and observe the upright because the future of that man is peace. Come on. Now, some blameless folks should get excited. I'm talking about faith folks that know that they're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I got news for you. If you're living a life of faith, you're blameless in the sight of God. Blameless in the sight of God. Let me read this from the CEB translation. Contemporary English Bible. Observe, observe those who have integrity. I like that. Observe those who have integrity and watch those whose heart is right because the future belongs to persons of peace. The future belongs to you. Isn't that good? Your future will be determined by you and nothing else. Nobody else. I don't care how much of them gang up together. I don't care if nations come together. It's not going to determine our future. We've got our future. We determine our future, and it's going to be a peaceful future because we are people of peace. What do you mean? We're people that rest in God. We have peace. We trust. We're not shaken. We're not unstable. We're not edgy. We're not nervous. We're not worried. Not anxious. The world is. Even the most confident people in the world, their confidence is very superficial. It's very thin. And because their very foundation that they're building their life on is unstable. It's unstable. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. And so it wouldn't take much to rattle their cage. I mean, who would have thought some of the things we're seeing taking place in our country and around the world right now? I mean, sometimes it's like, what? Is, are we really having this discussion? Is this really happening? Are we really needing to do this and that? I mean, is this really happening? I mean, it's just, it's just kind of bizarre because it was so sudden and so out of the ordinary. But I got news for you. Welcome to the world. Welcome to the world. The world's unstable. And so sometimes it's going to really show up. And this is one of those times that even a country and you know, a society that seems so together, so stable can suddenly be so flipped upside down and turned inside out. Just like that. So we shouldn't be too shocked. We should, as we're standing on this foundation, uh, we see how unstable the world is. You know, kind of like if you go up to a blackboard and you just draw a line. It might look like a, a very straight line. But then if you took a yardstick and put it up to the line that you drew, then you'd see all the imperfections. You'd say, oh, man, that's actually going on an angle. It's actually crooked over here. It's a little up and down over here, right? Well, see, as you and I are living our life on this foundation of faith, we see all the instability around us. We see it all. We see everything's unlevel and uneven, and it's crooked. So, so we're not shocked. We're not moved. That doesn't move us. We, we understand that. And our life's not built on that anyway. That's the big thing. Our life is not built on America. It's not built on this economy. It's not built on the president. It's not built on any of these things. It's built on Jesus. It's built on the word of God. It's built on the promises of God. And I got news for you. It's not going anywhere. (laughs) Hallelujah. God's word's not going anywhere. So guess what? Neither are we. 
I'm not going anywhere either. We're going to stand here, stand still, and see the salvation of our God. Now, you might not know how it's all going to work out, and you might not know when you're going to see the fullness of it, but it'll all come to pass. Because he said, he said so, he said so. Praise God. Mark it down. It'll all come to pass. Some may say, I am not moved by anything or anyone other than the Word of God. Now, you understand the devil's going to come. He's going to try to put pressure on you. See? Because he's got to get you to step off that foundation of faith. He's got to get you off faith. Because as long as you're in faith, he's paralyzed. He's bound. He can't, he can't do anything to you. He's powerless. He can lie. He can tempt. He can deceive. But it'll all fall apart in the end. Every weapon formed against you by him will not prosper. So he's got to get us off the foundation of faith. And so he'll push. And he'll try. And he'll try. And he'll push to get us to compromise our convictions, compromise what we believe. See, when you get a revelation from God, it's conviction. You know, you can almost hear it, you know, even though we can't hear it. You know, we didn't hear Peter audibly actually say, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. But you can kind of, you can, you can feel the passion in it, you know? You know he didn't just go, uh, you're the Christ, uh, you're, the, you're the Christ, the Son, the Son of the living God. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds real convincing, doesn't it? You're the Christ. You know, know when you're convinced, you don't go, uh, 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 you're, you're, the, you're, 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 you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, right? That's not how you talk. I mean, you get a revelation from God. Where there's no doubting in it. Because God's the one that gave it to you. Oh man. You know how he said that. I mean he said it passionately. He said it with energy. Because he's convinced. It's a conviction to him. This has now become a part of him. When God speaks to you. And it's revelation to you. It becomes conviction. It becomes a part of who you are. This is who you are. The day came where God spoke to Moses to go back to Egypt to tell Pharaoh to let his people go, the Jewish people. They were in bondage to the Egyptians. And the Bible says over in Exodus chapter 3, God came and spoke to Moses and said in verse 17, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob appeared to me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. To a land flowing with milk and honey. Then they will heed your voice. This is God telling Moses. Then they will heed your voice and you shall come. You and the elders of Israel to the king of Egypt. And you shall say to him. The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now please let us go three days journey. Now, I want to stop right there. I looked this up. Please is not in the original language. The translator added that. Please. Please. Please is full of doubt. Full of doubt. So he says, no, saying please is is being polite. No, it's being doubtful. You're begging them. You're doubting their willingness to give it to you, so you're pleading. Why are you pleading for them to give it to you? Why don't you just have faith and confidence that if you ask, they're going to give it to you? Why do you have to go, please? Please? We tell our kids, say, please. I might not give it. Say, please. No, teach them to be polite by saying, say, thank you. Oh, but you haven't given it to them yet. Well, that's faith. Faith thanks before it actually sees. Right? 
See, the Lord taught me this years ago, years ago, when I was going to McDonald's in the morning for a breakfast burrito. You know, I started getting in a habit. You know, you can get in, hab- you can get in some bad habits quick, can't you? Well, anyway, I started having this habit. Now, this is years ago. Don't hold it against me. And so, you know, I was going to McDonald's. And, uh, and I, a lot of times I was running a little late. You know, they closed, the, they closed breakfast at, was it, 10.30 or something? And so I was running a little, a little late. And uh, I, I'd pull up. I go, oh, man, I mean, I hope I can still get in there. And it'd be like 10.30 or 10.32 or something like that, you know. And I'd get up to the drive-thru. And there's a little hesitation there on the other end. I go, uh, can I help you? I said, uh, could, could I have a, uh, two breakfast burritos? And a small coffee? No. Breakfast is closed. I can't believe it. I missed it by two minutes. I drive off. And that happened a couple times. And then the Lord showed me. He said, could I? Could I? Could I please have a breakfast burrito? Does that sound like faith? He rebuked me. So, so the next time I'm driving up there, I pull up to the window. I got it. The Lord taught me. Actually, I got in the Word, studied the whole please thing out. Saw it in the Word of God and I, where I was doubting. So I pulled up the drive through window, and now it's like, you know, 1040 or something. I mean, it's late. And I pulled up to the window, and she said, can I help you? And I said, yes, I'll have two breakfast burritos and a cup of coffee. Thank you. Total pause. She's frozen. She doesn't even know how to answer me. Uh, oh, 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 okay. Uh, that'll be Let's pull up to the next window. Thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, it took charge of the situation. You know, a lot of people, they're just blowing around out there, and you go walk around and go, could I please? No. Okay. I'm not big on please, but I'm big on thank you. That's being polite. Can you say amen? All right, that was a major side journey here. We were over here at Exodus. And I was letting you know that is not in the original language. We were in verse, how many people remember what verse we were in? Verse 18, that is correct. Then they will heed your voice, and you shall come, you and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt. Now, this is serious stuff. This man is a wicked, vile man. And, uh, and God's telling him, you're going to go up to him. Face to face and talk to him. And you shall say to him, the Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now, let us go. Three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. So notice what he said. He said, let us go three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Now, we know what happened. Moses went there. And he said that to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh rejected it. He said, who is the Lord that I should let the children of Israel go? I'm not going to let them go. And actually made things harder for the children of Israel. Now they had to work harder. They had to, uh, you know, their lives were just made tougher. As a result of this, it looks like it got worse. The man, the man Moses heard from God, and it looks like it's only gotten worse. But God kept reassuring Moses that it's going to happen just the way he said. That the children of Israel are going to go a three-day journey into the wilderness and they're going to have a time of worship and praise, sacrificing to the Lord their God. Well, you go to chapter 8 of Exodus. Moses, instructed by the Holy Spirit, begins to call plagues down on Egypt. As Pharaoh refuses to let the children of Israel go. And finally, after the frogs came, that was a rough plague apparently. Frogs were all over the place. It says in verse 25 of chapter 8. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, go sacrifice to your God in the land. Notice that statement. Go ahead, you can go sacrifice to the Lord your God, but do it in the land. In other words, in the land of Egypt. What did God say? God said, go three days journey into the wilderness. That's where you're going to do it. Pharaoh says, well, you can do it, but you got to do it here. See? 
Now Moses could have said, well, that's pretty decent. That's, that, that's, looks, that sounds like a deal. I mean, we weren't able to do anything before, but now, praise God, thank God, we could, we could sacrifice in the land. No, verse 26, and Moses says, it's not right. It is not right to do so, for we would be sacrificing the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. If we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, then they will they not stone us. We will go three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he commanded us. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness only... You shall not go very far away. Intercede for me. Pray for me. In other words, get rid of these frogs. He says, I'm going to let you go, but you're not going to go very far. Now, we just told you how far we're going to go. We're going to go three days. We're going to do a three-day journey into the wilderness. Now, Moses could have settled for it, right? He could have said, well, okay, we'll go. We won't go very far. We'll go a couple days. Into the wilderness. How people know a couple of days into the wilderness isn't obeying God? It's compromising the word. It's compromising what God said. Hear me. It's compromising what he said. And yet you can look and say, what a great victory. What a great victory. You know, from people that really, they didn't hear from God. They could look and say, Moses, that was awesome. You mean he's letting us go two days into the wilderness? Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. But is it? No. And guess what happens when you get to the wilderness after two days and you don't go any further? You camp there and have your sacrifice to God. You are on unstable ground. You are on unstable ground. You know who knows it? Moses. He would know that. He would know, I am not where I'm supposed to be. This is not, I'm not fully in faith concerning the word of God. Not fully believing it. I only believed it halfway. Time people, that's not all the way. See, we don't want to just have what looks like faith, but it's not full faith. It's little faith. It's not full faith. What happens with little faith? People sink. People go under. Things fall apart. Their foundation fails. Just like Peter. Remember when Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come to you on the water. Remember, Jesus was out walking on the water. Peter stepped out of the boat. He began to walk on the water to Jesus. But then, about halfway there, he looked around and saw the wind and the waves, boisterous, and began to fret. And as he fretted, he began to sink. His foundation fell apart. His foundation failed. Jesus pulled him up, walked him back to the boat, and said, Why did you doubt, O you, or ye, of little faith? He had faith, but only went a little ways. Didn't go all the way. That's what little faith does. See, little faith doesn't go all the way. Well, you got to go all the way. Come on, somebody. You got to go all the way if you want to see all the results that God promised you. Don't let the devil compromise what, he's, what God has called you to do. You're going to go all the way with Jesus. Can you say amen? Chapter 10. Moses, of course, rejected that request or that offer. And uh, in verse 7, now there's lice or flies. I think it's the flies. Flies all over the place. Pharaoh's having a tough time. And it says in verse 7, Then Pharaoh's servants said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the man go. Excuse me. Let the men go. Notice that statement. Let the men go. That they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? So Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go serve the Lord your God. But who are the ones that are going? And Moses said, We will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds. We will go, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. Then he said to them, 
The Lord had better be with you when, you, when I let you and your little ones go. Beware, for evil is ahead of you. Not so. Go now, you who are men, and serve the Lord, for that is what you desired. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. So Pharaoh, he's another compromise. You can go, but the little ones can't go. Nobody, just the men can go. Well, how many people know the, the men go without their families more than likely uh, they're going to be coming back. So, but there again is the compromise. You do it this way. Do it this way. Do it this way. Thank God Moses stayed with God's plan and said, no, we're going to do it God's way. Verse 24. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and said, go serve the Lord only. Let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones also go with you. You can have your kids. You can have all your family. Everybody can go, but the cattle can't go. Your flocks can't go. I mean, do you see this guy? This guy's having a tough time letting things go. Because that's how dictators are. Dictators have a tough time of letting things go. And you and I need to be good at letting things go. You and I need to be givers. We need to be like God. We, need, we don't need to be hanging on to things so tight. We just can't, we can't imagine letting it go. You know? There's some people who say, now, I'll bring an offering to God, but the tithe? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to bring 10% of all my, all my increase. I'm not going to do that. Now, I'll, I'll bring an offering. Okay. But you're building on unstable ground. Because you can't be in faith concerning your finances if you know in your heart you're not following God's instructions. You can't go a little ways. You got to go all the way if you want to see God's results. If you want to see his promises come to pass. Can you say amen? So we don't want to be like Pharaoh. There's too many Pharaohs in the world. Too many stingy, greedy people that are afraid to let things go. We let things go. We're very generous people. We're not in bondage. We're not in bondage to anything. So Moses stuck with what God gave him, did it the way God said, did not compromise, and look what God had to do to bring what he promised to pass. I mean, he had to split the Red Sea. He had to cause water to come out of a rock. I mean, think about all that he did, the miracles that he did because Moses didn't compromise the command of faith. He stayed in faith and God moved mountains. God moved whatever needed to be moved to cause his promises to come to pass in Moses' life. And big fat Pharaoh... He couldn't stop Moses. He couldn't stop the children of Israel. He couldn't stop the purpose and plan of God from coming to pass. Why? Because there was no compromise. No compromise of God's word. Now that doesn't mean in life there is never compromise. Because when it comes to our opinions and our ideas and the things that we just prefer in life, then we may need to negotiate with people and agree on a compromise together. Sometimes you got to compromise on some things. But one thing we never compromise on is the word of God. We never compromise on God's word. We're going to follow his instructions. We're going to obey, obey the letter of his word so that we see the results. So when God called me to start this church, it doesn't matter. You know, for me, this is just an example. It doesn't matter if, like, nobody showed up except my wife. I'd be wherever we'd be. Having church in Louisville, Kentucky. He said, go pioneer apostolic church in Louisville, Kentucky. Bless God, I'm doing it. And he hasn't told me to do anything else. And I don't believe he sent me on a mission to fail. So therefore, it doesn't matter how things look at times. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We've been doing it now for 26 years. And it's been peaceful. 
it's been wonderful. I've had, I've had pastors come up to me and say, oh, I know it's just so hard. So hard being a pastor. Oh, you know, they hear that I started the church. Oh, man, you poor fella. Poor fella. And I think, my Lord, I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> not a care in the world. Don't have a care in the world. Why? It's not my problem. God's doing the whole thing. We're just following his instructions. Can you say amen? Now, in doing what God's called us to do, there's some things we know to do. That this is, this is the way he wants us to do it. But then there's other things that he leaves it up to you to decide. I'm going to tell you right now, the carpet we have in here, never had revelation on it. Never got a revelation on it. And, and in fact, if somebody came in and said, you know, why don't we change the carpet out to something else, I might go ahead and agree with that. Because that wasn't something that was a revelation from God. But if you came up to me and said, why don't you just go ahead and uh, you know, start, a, uh, start the church down in Florida. It's really nice down there and there's not so many restrictions. Why don't you just go to Florida? That'd be really nice. I think, well, that's a great idea. But he didn't tell me to do that. He didn't tell me to do that. See? So I can't change that. See, there's some things that they're, they're the foundation to what we do. You understand? We're following his plan, his details. We're listening for his instruction on what to do. And when he gives it to us, we do not compromise it. We stay with his plan for our life. Amen? But there's always a lot of other things that can be compromised and changed and rearranged and moved around. And that's what we're doing right now with the church following the regulations of the government. Now, if the government said, that's it, there's no more church, you can't meet anymore, then we're going to have to do something because God told us to meet together and have a church, so we're going to have to figure this out. But we're going to obey God somehow, right? So, but they're not telling us to do that. So they're saying, you know, do it this way, do it this way. There are some things that we, they have, we have to do it a certain way. It has to be a certain way. But a lot of the things they're asking are things that, yeah, we could, we can, we could shift that. We can, we can compromise that for a season. We can make that change for now. See? And it's okay. It's okay. God's not mad. And it's not weak faith. Do you see that? So we're in faith. I said we're in faith. And the gates of hell, therefore, will not prevail against the church. Can you say amen? The gates of hell will not prevail against our life. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God forever. Why don't you go ahead and just thank God right now where you are here in the sanctuary. Let's stand on our feet. Let's just praise him and thank him. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.